Good morning. Uh, if you noticed, I am not Pastor Dan Hellick. I'm Gary Williams. He's older than me. <laughs> Some of you got it, so that, that's good. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk for a few moments today about the shepherds and the significance of hope and joy that we have. What we need to do first is I want to share a little bit of information with you in history about shepherds. Uh, do you realize that the, most of our mental images about Christmas come from the medieval art and Christmas cards? I recently spoke to someone about how many Christmas cards show three wise men coming to Christ's child just minutes after his birth. It, but if you read the biblical account carefully, it could have been up to two years after Jesus was born before the Magi offered their tribute to the child. We have no idea, actually, how many wise men actually came. Christmas cards show three. The biblical account does not give a number, though. We know it was more than one because the Bible talks about men, plural. But was it two, three, or six? We don't know because the story doesn't tell us how many there were. You are sure of this when you read Matthew 2 and read the story because there's nothing mentioned there about three wise men. As a matter of fact, the number three is not even mentioned in chapter two. The unnumbered magi brought gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I guess that's where we get the idea of three. What I want to say to you in sharing that with you, if we are confused about the magi, then probably we misinterpret the shepherds as well. We have an image of gentle folks singing sweet songs by a campfire. But in fact, shepherds was a despised occupation. In the days of Christ's birth, shepherds were generally scorned and shiftless, dishonest people who grazed their flocks on other people's lands. They weren't the pleasant hallmark faces we are used to seeing this time of year. We, we sometimes just have an image of them on our Christmas cards and art that they look like gentle folks waiting to go to a homecoming celebration. But no picture is further from reality. With all this said, let's look at whom the angels first go to share the news of hope and joy. If you'll turn with me, and it'll also be up on the, the screen, to Luke 2, verses 8 through 18. And before we read God's word, let's bow in prayer and pray for the Holy Spirit to infill our hearts. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for an opportunity to be here to worship and glorify you. Father, I pray for each person here as your Holy Spirit infills their lives and as your Holy Spirit speaks, you have a message for each one of us today. And Father, that message could be different for each person, but I pray they will put their spiritual ears on, they will open their hearts up, and they will listen to what you want to say through this humble servant. Lord, we thank you for this time of year where we can celebrate Christ's birth. And Father, I pray for anyone that's here today that does not really know the real meaning of Christmas, does not have a personal relationship with you, that would be the most important decision they would make today. And Lord, for those that have come that are struggling and have burdens, Father, that they're carrying today, I pray for a few moments they can lay those burdens aside. And Father, they can understand the hope and joy that the shepherds felt we have in our own lives today. 
And Father, that they can experience that even during a difficult circumstance. Lord, we thank you that you gave us your word. Your word is precious. And as we read it today, I pray again that your Holy Spirit will lead. In Jesus' name we pray. So if you will look with me at Luke 2, verses 8 through 18. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. We see in this passage that the angels first shared the good news of Christ's birth with a ragtag, lowly bunch of shepherds. I see in this passage three reasons why we should be filled with hope and joy as a result of the angels first sharing the good news of the birth of Christ with the shepherds. First, here we discover the heart of God and the meaning of the birth of this child called Jesus. This is a graphic picture of Jesus, the one sent to the lowly and outcasts like the shepherds. People who were doing what they did every day and every night. People going through the routines of life. People living their ordinary lives. And why should this fill us with hope and joy? Because just like the shepherds, it's about God meeting us, not on the high holy days, but on ordinary days, in ordinary places, in an extraordinary way. In other words, the hope and joy for us is this. God will meet us in our pain and our loneliness. If you're out there today and you're feeling pain, you're feeling loneliness, and I'm sure even if you're not today, there have been times you had. God wants to fulfill that for you. He wants to come in and comfort you and bring hope and joy. God will meet us in our frustration and anger. Do you ever get angry? If anybody can raise their hand and say they never get angry, I want to know your secret because I certainly can't say that. Do you ever feel frustrated? Ask my wife. I never get frustrated. (laughs) That is a good laugh. And God wants to be part of our lives every day. He doesn't want a part-time relationship with you. He wants a a 24-hour-a-day relationship with you. And he wants to bring you joy and wants to bring you hope all the time, not just on special occasions or when you're down, but all the time, 24 hours a day. But I want to put a note here. This hope and joy only happens when you have confessed your sin, repented of your sin, 
ask for forgiveness and believe that Christ the child that was born on Christmas is the son of God that ultimately paid the penalty for all of us by his death on the cross and then have a desire for him to come into your heart and have a personal relationship with him. That's how you gain that hope and joy. You cannot gain it apart from that. This is why God sent the angels to the shepherds to let us know that this child was for all people, even the most ordinary, down and outers, and though we consider not to be ordinary, which is everyone. I wanna share an illustration with you about how God wants to fulfill this in us. His name was Bill. He had wild hair, wore a t-shirt with holes in it, dirty jeans, and shoes with no socks. This was his wardrobe during four years of college. Though mildly eccentric, he was a brilliant person. He became a Christian while attending college. Across from the campus was a traditional church. They wanted to develop a ministry to students, but weren't sure how to go about it. One day, Bill decided to go worship there. He walked in with his wild hair, T-shirt with holes in it, dirty jeans, and shoes with no socks. The service had started. Bill started down the aisle looking for a seat, but the church was full. By now, people were looking a bit uncomfortable, but no one said anything. Bill got closer and closer to the front when he realized there was no seats. So he just sat down right on the floor. By now, people were really uptight, and the tension in the air was very thick. A deacon slowly made his way towards Bill. The deacon was in his 80s kind of like me almost. A distinguished man was, well, I'm not that. A distinguished man with silver gray hair and a three-piece suit. He walked with a cane and it took time for him to reach Bill. The church became utterly silent, except for the clicking of the deacon's cane on the floor. By now, everyone's eyes were focused on this deacon, probably thinking what was he going to say to Bill? When this elderly deacon got next to Bill, he dropped his cane to the floor and with great difficulty lowered himself and asked Bill, may I sit with you? The man sat down next to Bill and worshiped with him so he would not be alone. The point of this story is that our relationship with Christ and the fact that his birth was announced to the lowly shepherds should not only give us great hope and joy, but give us a desire to share that hope and joy with others. No matter who they are, what they look like, or where they come from. I pray for us here at Cedar Home, our family will always be welcoming to all people and ready to share the hope and joy with all people, no matter where they come from, no matter what they look like, that we do not judge, but we just love. Second, we see in this passage an initial reaction of the shepherds that they were scared to death because they understood the appearance of angels as an omen, as though God were bringing his wrath upon them. That was the feeling people would have in that day. But then they were filled with hope and joy because the angels said, don't be afraid for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy, today a savior is born. This same good news can calm our fears today and give us great hope and joy if we will just accept it. In the midst of an ordinary night, shepherds encountered an extraordinary God. 
The shepherds must have been surprised that God broke into their ordinary lives. They had to be. For us, Christ sometimes breaks into our lives when we least expect it. And just like the shepherds were given great news of hope and joy, that is what Christ always wants to bring into our lives. God met the shepherds when and where they least expected to be met and filled them with hope and joy. And he does the same for us today. Third in this passage, that sometimes seeing is believing. The heavenly chorus sang glory to God. After this powerful display of praise, the shepherds just had to see for themselves, so they ran off to Bethlehem to experience what the angels had told them. Are you running off? You're so excited about Christ's birth and what he's done in his life that you're running to see it and tell others about it? Do you have that excitement in your hearts? Do you have that joy? Do you have that hope? And you can't wait to share that? I pray that you do because that's really what God wants us to do. So when they saw Mary and Joseph and the baby, they were filled with hope and joy and could not help but share this amazing God-inspired event with others. Again, I pray that you cannot help but share that. No matter how long you've been a Christian, it's still new every day. You still have a story to tell every day. You still experience God every day. And the best thing you can do is go and share that with anyone and everyone. When God offers grace, the shepherds and our appropriate response should be exuberant, exuberant hope and joy and a desire to share that hope and joy with everyone we come in contact with. What happens to us many times is we're so busy going about our daily routines that we miss those opportunities to share that hope and joy with others. Folks, you don't have to pray for opportunities. Those opportunities God brings your way every day. You just gotta pray not to miss those opportunities and be ready. Reading Luke's account of Christ's birth, we are filled with wonder. We expect something miraculous. We expect the amazement to continue. We want the mystery of the moment to continue because if we are really honest with ourselves, we long for some amazing things in our own lives. You folk, the amazing thing is, is that we're breathing. The amazing thing is, is that we had a heavenly father that loved us so much that while we were yet sinners, he was willing to send his son, not only to be born, but then to die on the cross and to be resurrected and give us that hope and joy that we need. We don't deserve it. I wish I could say, Gary Williams could say that I deserve his grace and mercy. I don't deserve it. I'm just grateful that he gives it to me in spite of who I am. Our routines are so predictable and harried, our schedule so frantic and programmed. That's what happens to us. Our days are so packed with stuff that we can't often forget about the amazing birth of Christ, really is, and the grace from God that he gives us 24 hours a day, which should give us an overwhelming feeling of hope and joy. We get so distracted. You know, we get around Christmas. For Christians, we should be celebrating Christ's birth every day of our lives. It shouldn't just be a season that we do it. This is a great time for it, yes. He is the reason for the season. But we should be amazed every day at what God does in our lives, every day. The challenge for us is always to find ways of celebrating the presence of God in the ordinary, extraordinary, and low moments of everyday life. Anything that we're going through, whatever that might be, whether we're up or whether we're down, 
we should be able to find that hope and joy and be able to praise the Lord through all of that. There is an old hymn, some of you will know it, some of you won't, that says, count your many blessings, name them one by one. And even if you're going through a difficult circumstance today and you had in your life, there are still blessings that you can count in your life if you'll just look to them. When the shepherds had seen Jesus, their world was turned upside down, but turned upside down for the better, which gave them great hope and joy. How about you today? Is your life turned upside down for the Lord? Not in a negative way, but in a positive way. Has your personal relationship with Jesus turned your world upside down for the better and given you great hope and joy? Or are you here and do not have a personal relationship with Jesus? Do you want to have that relationship with him and experience that great hope and joy, even during difficult circumstances? You can have that relationship today. Myself and many others here in our family are here available after the worship service to share with you how you can have that relationship with Jesus. It will change your view of Christmas. It will change how you celebrate Christmas. It will change your life completely. So I pray that if you are here and you are seeking, that you will come to know him today. I'd like to share this wonderful prayer. Beth Moore, many of you know who Beth Moore is. Fine Christian lady, fine Christian leader. And I wanna read this prayer that she had actually penned. It says, O God of glory, Lord of love, set our captive hearts free to adore you. Deliver us from all that blurs your greatness and distorts your goodness. Self, take your rightful crucified place and son of God, you alone be raised. King of glory, we approach your throne by the blood of the risen lamb. We confess our pride and the poverty of our lives without you. We acknowledge that you are sovereign and you are perfect in all your ways. We rise in belief that we are your treasure, the apple of your eye. And as we worship in spirit and the truth, our awakened souls find rest. Captivate our minds with kingdom thoughts. Unveil our eyes to share your vision. Steal our hearts and set them ablaze with your passion. Wrap us in garments of praise, the armor of light, and robes of your righteousness. Turn our mourning into dancing and make our hearts beat as joyful tambourines before you. Rejoice over us, God. Renew us with breath of heaven. As we sing your praises, may the song you sing over us drown every worry and bind every broken heart, whispering hope to the hurting. And cause those crippled by fear to rise up and walk. And oh God, as we walk, we ask for lives hidden in you, that your life may be revealed in us. Oh God of glory, Lord of love, your children worship you. I want to share some final scripture with you about joy. John 15, 11 says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. It doesn't say that your joy be part-time. It doesn't say your joy be half full. It says that your joy may be full. Okay, but you have to be in Christ and Christ has to be in you to have that. Philippians 4, 4 through 5. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. 
Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Rejoice in the Lord always. That doesn't mean that when you're going through a difficult time and you're feeling pain that you're happy about having that pain. But what it means is you rejoice in spite of it because of your relationship with Christ. Because you understand that your life here is temporary. What you have in eternity, none of us can really comprehend. John 8, 36. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If you're under the burden of sin today, Jesus wants to set you free. And when he sets you free, you're free. You know, and you can claim that promise. You know, we as individuals, we even with our loved ones, with our friends, sometimes we'll break promises. We're human, that's what we can do. God never breaks his promises. You can, you can go to the bank with them. So let's live lives like we are saved. Let's live like lives like we are loved. Let's live lives like we are free. Every moment is a chance to sing and live our praises to our amazing king. Every moment is a chance to rejoice. Every moment is an opportunity to be filled with an overflowing hope and joy and share it with others. Let your strength arise. Let your hope and joy arise. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Would you close with me in prayer, please? I had a pastor friend used to say, when the Holy Spirit's done, I'm done. Holy Spirit's done, I'm done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this gift unlike any other gift that has ever been given. Thank you for sending your son to save us from our sins. We forget what a wonderful and amazing gift our salvation really is. Fill us with your hope and joy, a joy so complete and overwhelming that we are like the shepherds are compelled to share it with others. We are thankful for the certainty of heaven in Jesus. But until that day, we like the shepherds will choose to glorify and praise you. We will continue to rejoice in who you are and all that you've done. We thank you and praise you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you. Go in hope and joy. Have a great day and share that hope and joy with someone today.